0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Tyler, and I just want to thank you for checking out this week's message. And I pray that it refreshes your soul and that the Lord speaks to you in ways that you needed to hear through this message. And if you want to connect with our church or if you want to give to Sioux City First, to the ministry that we do here, uh, there is links in the descriptions um, and the notes down below uh, that you can click and you can give or you can connect with us if you would like. But please enjoy this message, and I pray that God refreshes your soul through it. What he, whoa, what he left out there is that wasn't his original offer. Uh, his original offer was, yeah, of course I'll do it if you, um, if you root for the Cowboys for the rest of the season. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, don't you know that selling your soul to the devil is a sin? And so I, but, but we, we agreed. We agreed on our price, and we made it work. So here we are this morning. But it really is a special morning for me, as, as Pastor Josh said, uh, my parents are here. This is the first time they're getting to hear me speak live in over two years or so. Uh, Grace's parents also made the drive down from Mankato this, uh, this morning. So um, so it's, it's really exciting for me to be up here this morning, not only because they're here um, but because I get, to, I get to be the one to teach and preach the word this morning, and I absolutely love doing that, and I take the burden and the responsibility very seriously um, in doing that. Um, I also, I, I uh, strategically didn't mention my brothers here as well, because he's like six foot four, and, he's, and I blame him for the reason why I'm five foot ten and get made fun of for all the youth students, because they're all taller than me. Um, and so I strategically left him uh, off, but like i said i 'm really, really glad that i 'm being able to be up here this morning and and, and as you can tell all my they 're all up here um, secretly inside pastor Josh is, is fuming with anger because of how the chairs are messed up this morning because because my family and uh, and grace 's parents decided to come down but but i 'm re- really glad and i 'm really excited to be with you and to be be the one preaching this morning and so before as I begin this morning, I want to start with a question, does the way you live your life make a difference? Does the way you live your everyday life make a difference to the people that you come in contact with every day? Does it make a difference to the people you meet and talk with at the office on Monday morning? Or does it make a difference to the people that you you come into contact with and you chat with at the gym on a Thursday evening? Because we are called to make a difference. We're called to stand out. We're called to be the light of the world, to be a city on a hill that is not hidden. That's what we are called to be. We are called to be those who stand out while everyone is trying to fit in. As Christians, as Christ followers, that's what we're called to do. That's our highest calling. And our theme for the year that we introduced last week, which is Occupy Until He Comes, it's a beautiful picture of that, and it plays directly into this idea of making a difference. Or leaving your mark, if you will. And as Pastor Josh talked about last week, we're called to be good stewards of the things that God has already given to us. Our time, our resources, our talents, all of those things. We're called to be good stewards of that. And he also had this quote last week that I loved and I'm I'm stealing for this morning. And he said, doing nothing is not the desire of God for your life. Because it's not. Sitting idly back, sitting passively by, and watching the world pass you by is not what God has for you. That's not the life that He wants you to be living. Or, changing it up for for my message this morning, striving to live a safe and comfortable life is not the life that God wants you to live. He does not want us to strive to achieve comfortability and security and a life of ease. A life where we don't experience pain because I'll tell you something there's nothing in our Bibles that points us anywhere near God wanting us to strive for a life of comfortability there's nowhere in the Bible that says that there's nowhere in the Bible there's no story that's told there's no parable that Jesus tells that points towards us living a life of safety and security Jesus doesn't say in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who are comfortable, does he? No, he says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted. He says things like that. Or uh, he doesn't say something like this. He doesn't say, blessed are you who put down an entire party-sized bag of Doritos while binge-watching a whole season of The Office. As much as myself and, and the Gearys, we would love to do that. That's not what God calls us to do. Unfortunately, I would love it if he said that. And he doesn't even say blessed are you who skip Bible study to watch a soccer game. Unfortunately, I was guilty of this more times than I'd like to admit in my college years. I I remember one particular instance I'd like to share with you this morning, freshman year um every tuesday night we had something called life life core which was a bible study for all of the guys on our floor uh, and it was led by a few by these two leaders on our floor and so it was at 9 30 um tuesday at tuesday nights um so when I, I wasn't sleeping because everybody called me a grandpa in college because i always went to bed early so when i wasn't sleeping i would go to life core however this tuesday night i was watching a soccer game and i knew i looked at the clock and it said 9:25. And I knew my two leaders were going to, they were about to start coming around, knocking on people's doors, trying to get people to Life core. So at about 9.28, I shut my door and I locked it. And 9.30 rolls around and, and um, my DL, his name was, is, is Jake, comes to the door and, hey, Tyler, it's time for Life Corps. Let's go. Come on. It's time for Life Corps. I didn't say anything. I tried to to, to not make any sound to make it seem like I wasn't there. He kept going, hey, Tyler, uh, I hear the TV. I know you're in there. I know you're there. Come on, let's go to Life Corps. I didn't say anything. I didn't move. And I waited for for a minute or two until he moved on uh, to the next one. But I wanted in that moment, I wanted what was comfortable. I wanted what was easy. I wanted what I wanted to do because I just wanted to sit there, chill out on a Tuesday night, and finish watching this soccer game. But really, all throughout the Bible, we actually see the opposite. We see followers of the way, as it was called in the New Testament, starting in the book of Acts and throughout, or followers of God, put in some very uncomfortable situations. So I want to take a look at a few of them really briefly as we move forward here. The first one we we'll look at is we have Joseph. Joseph in Genesis, he was, he was beaten almost to death and thrown in a well by his brothers. And then that wasn't enough, so then they came back and got him from the well, and then they sold him into slavery to the Egyptians. Talk about fantastic brothers. And then, not only that, but he ends up having to go and spend time in prison for something that he didn't do. And I don't know about you, but if I would go on the street and I would ask someone, hey, what is your view of the life that you wanna live, I guarantee you someone's not going to tell me, oh man, I would love it if my brothers would, would, would beat me and, and throw me in a well and then come back for me, but not actually come back for me but, then give me, but then sell me into slavery. And oh, by the way, I would love to end up in prison for something I didn't do. That's not someone, something someone ever would say. Moses leading a bunch of angry and irritating Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land But ultimately not being able to experience that promised land Now Moses didn't get to experience the promised land for for a different reason. He disobeyed God and then God's like No, Moses, you're not going to enter into the promised land But all of you but but those of you who are parents understand that because you have children and they complain And Moses had to deal with these angry and irritating Israelites who were constantly complaining. Moses, my head hurts. Moses, my legs hurt. Moses, can I sit down, please? Moses, do we have any more food? Moses, I'm in pain. And Moses is like, no, you're not. I will show you what true pain is if you keep complaining to me. That's not easy. That's uncomfortable. That's annoying. That's frustrating. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into a blazing furnace. I didn't wake up this morning and think, man, I would love to th- be thrown into a furnace today. That's not the thought I had. Daniel being thrown into a lion's den. Again, not a place I strive to end, my, end up. And the last one being Jesus beat, being beaten and killed as a completely innocent, sinless man. That's not comfortable. That's not safe. That's not easy. But Jesus did that because of his love for us and he took our spot on that cross i was supposed to be there i was supposed to die that death that jesus did but jesus is like no 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 i got that for you also you can have eternal life and there's a bunch of other places we can look and these are just a few of the examples that we see paul was was shipwrecked multiple times and he was whipped and he was beaten and and stephen in the book of acts was was stoned to death for his faith. These are not safe lives. These are not easy lives that these people were living. And I'm not trying to convey the message up here this morning that the moment you walk out of these church doors, something bad, something awful is going to happen to you. That's not the message that I'm trying to convey to you this morning. What I'm trying to show you is that nowhere in the Bible is there an example of a Christian living a life of comfortability following God there's no examples of that in the Bible but not only that but as Christians we're not called to live our lives for ourselves we're called to live our lives out of service for God for his kingdom and for others we're supposed to live we're called to live an outward focused life it's not supposed to be what do I want what makes me the most comfortable how can I get through life without with the minimum amount of pain and suffering and hardship that's not the life we're supposed to be living So while Pastor Josh last week gave us a beautiful look at what it looks like to occupy until he comes from a discipleship and stewardship standpoint, being faithful and fruitful with what God has given you in your time, in your talents, in your resources, and using that to occupy the earth. This morning, I want to look at the idea of occupying until he comes from an external view, from going outwards and answering the question, how do we occupy the space around us until he comes? Because each of us in our lives, we've been given spaces that we've been called to occupy, whether you work at an office or or at your gym or, or at your school, those are spaces that you have been given that we have been called to occupy for the kingdom. And so this morning, we're going to look at how we do that, why it's necessary, and why it's important. And so this morning, our main text is going to be in Matthew chapter 25. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip there um, if you would like to. Um, It will be on the screen, uh, so you can follow along that way as well. But we'll be reading Matthew 25 uh, verses 14 through 30 this morning. And I will just say a a brief thing. If you were here this morning or you watched the the message back or listened to it back somehow this week, uh, the passage I'm using is a little bit similar uh, in structure and in word choice to the one that Pastor Josh preached from last week. So don't think I'm just using the same thing he is and and, and mooching off of his message uh, because I'm not. But it does sound the same. But the message that we're going to be pulling from it this morning is going to be different. And so we're going to be reading Matthew 25 verses 14 through 30 this morning. In my Bible, I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. The subheading is the parable of the three servants. So starting in verse 14, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, and now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant. And if you knew I harvested crops, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father God, we thank you for this time that we get to be in your word this morning, your brilliant and your beautiful word, God. And I pray that as we we learn from your word this morning, that you open our hearts and you open our minds and you help us to lean into what you're speaking to us this morning, God. Because we wanna hear you speak. In your son's name that we pray this morning, amen. Amen. So like I mentioned before we read our text, the passage is very similar to the one that we went through last week. And the same message is there. You can take the same message. You've got to be fruitful. You've got to be faithful. You've got to steward what God has given you. But this morning, we're going to look at it from a different perspective, from an outward perspective, from the kingdom of God perspective, because that's how it started it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated in this story. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Each of these first two servants were given money from their master. And what did they do? They went out and they made more. Whether that was through trading, investing, whatever it might have been, they went out and they made more. And they brought back more than what they started with. They went out and made more and brought back to their master more than what they started with, more than what he gave them. However, the third servant here missed the mark because he didn't do that. He was given the money, but he didn't know what to do with it. And he was afraid of his master. So, so what he was obviously thinking was, well, I don't wanna lose my master's money because he might do something to me because I might even lose my life. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take this money, I'm gonna hide it in the dirt where no one can find it And then I'll come back, I'll dig it up, and I'll give him what is his. So then he won't be mad at me. So I won't lose his money. I won't get punished. But what he didn't realize is that wasn't the master's heart for that, for giving him the money. It wasn't to go and to stash it, but it was to go out and bring back more. But he stashed, and he brought back nothing new. And I want to bring it back again to the quote pastor josh said doing nothing is not the desire of god for your life or from my message this morning being comfortable is not the desire of god for your life and i know all of us what we want is we want to go home we want to have a comfortable couch a comfortable chair you want to sleep on a comfortable mattress or we want to have a comfortable car um, or maybe it, it, if you're weird, I'm not judging you, you, maybe you want a comfortable toilet seat because you spend a lot of time there. But that's what we want. We want a life of comfortability. We don't want pain. We don't want suffering. We don't want sorrow. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. You're going to experience pain. You're going to, be, you're going to experience suffering. You're going to experience sorrow because that's life. That's life on this fallen planet. The moment Adam and Eve sinned against God pain suffering sorrow all of that was brought into this world and there's nothing you can do to outrun it because life is going to happen to you and so we want to be like the first two servants because of how their master responded to them the master responds to them when they brought back more he said well done my good and faithful servant You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many responsibilities. Now check this last part. Let's celebrate together. I love how the New Living Translation translates that last saying, let's celebrate together. Because what that's telling us is it's a master and a servant celebrating together, celebrating as one. It's not the master celebrating what he didn't do and what the servant did. It's a master and a servant celebrating together. And that's what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Whenever a new sinner repents into the kingdom of heaven, the master, the angels, and the servants who are all in heaven are rejoicing when that happens. And that's what, that's what that verse gives us a beautiful look at. Let's celebrate together. While this parable, while Jesus uses the object lesson of, of, of money, the kingdom of God looks at it from the view of, of your life and how you live it. And how you live it in these spaces that you are called to occupy in this life. And it looks like going out, living for Christ, sharing the gospel, being involved in a church body, and changing the world one person, one conversation at a time. And I think nowadays, so many of us can miss this, not just here, but all across the nation. We miss this part. Some of us are just so caught up now in in just playing the game of church, An online church has made it so much more easier to do that because we don't have to leave. We can just flip something on and and sometimes we're not even paying attention to it. And what I mean by playing the game of church, it, it looks like this. We show up to church on Sunday, maybe even late, and we sit at the back and we leave before the message is over so that we don't have to talk to anyone. So we don't have to have those hard conversations. So we don't have anybody checking in on us to be accountable. And then we go home and we feel happy. We feel good because we've, we went to church. We check off the box that is on our to-do list that says church. And then we move about our, our week knowing and feeling good because we did it. We went to church. We're good. But God is not interested in you playing church he's interested in you being the church and being a part of a church body that's what's that is what god is interested in he's not interested in you just showing up late standing there at the back sitting maybe being on your on your phone during the message and then going home and acting like you went to church you went to church but you're not part of the church and that's what god wants He's not interested in you giving him 2 hours barely on a Sunday morning. He's interested in you giving your whole life for him, and he's interested in you bringing people with you into the kingdom of heaven. That's what God's interested in. That's his business. That's the Master's business. Last week Pastor Josh mentioned we should always be involved in our Master's business, in the Father's business. Well, guess what? That's our Father's business of occupying the spaces we have in our lives and bringing people who don't know Christ, people who are lost, who are broken, who are hurting, who are sick into the kingdom of heaven. Because guess what? At one point, you were that person. You were the lost. You were the broken. You were the hurt. You were the downtrodden. And someone said, hey, Jesus loves you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you act. Nothing you could do could ever, ever disqualify you from his love. And because of that, now you're here. You're part of the church body. What this parable is telling us is sitting passively back and waiting for Christ to come back is not enough. Is sitting idly by, watching our lives pass us by. That's not enough. That's not what Christ wants for you. He doesn't want you being like the third servant who, who has your faith and then stashes it so no one knows, so you don't ever tell anyone. What this parable is telling us is that we are called to occupy and expand the kingdom of God. To bring the lost, the hurting, the broken home so they can be healed, so they can be made whole again. That's what we are called to do. We're called to stand out. We're not called to fit in. I know our culture tells us that, that if you fit in, everyone will like you. If you fit in, you'll be cool. If you fit in, you'll, you'll have a good life. But God's calling us to the opposite. He's saying we need to be in the world. We need to live in this world. But we, don't, we can't live of the world. Because how are we supposed to preach and teach and share the love of Jesus when we look an awful lot like the world? How are they going to know the difference? How are people we come into contact with going to know the difference of our lives, the difference Jesus has made in our hearts, when we look exactly like everyone else, when we look like the world that they're trying to escape from? We are called to cultivate the church not just consume it and like i uh, like i mentioned earlier online church has made that so much more accessible and so much more easy because we can log onto a church website and we can consume their their service their content when in reality it might not be doing a whole lot in our hearts and we can miss out on the life-giving conversations that we have here in the building we're called to cultivate church, not just consume it. We're called to make disciples, not excuses. We're so good at making excuses, aren't we? We can make excuses for everything. And ever since that the, the moment in the garden when Adam, Adam and Eve ate the fruit, what was the first thing that Adam did when God confronted him? He made an excuse. Oh, Eve made me do it. He took no responsibility for his actions, and he blamed it on his wife. We're called to be the reason the people we interact with every day end up in heaven with us when it's all said and done. That's what we're called to do. That's what occupying until he comes looks like. So maybe you're sitting there this morning and maybe, maybe before the, the message you put your, 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 your cynical hat on, your, your thinking hat, you put that on. And maybe you're thinking, well, Pastor Tyler, hold on, hold on, hold on you're just telling us these things so we bring people to church so the church grows well yeah you're right i am but i say it because jesus said so and i know i know i'm using the 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 the, the elementary school um excuse you know Your parents come to you. Well, why did you eat dirt? Oh, well, because my friend Tommy said so. Okay, well, your friend Tommy doesn't sound very bright. But but, But Jesus said so. This is the only time you can use that excuse when you say, but Jesus said so because Jesus did say so. There's a passage in the Bible called the Great Commission. I don't know if you've heard it, but it goes like this. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I'm going to ask Diane at this point to come up as we close this morning. But that exact message of the great commission, that is what this parable that we read this morning is sharing with us. Go. We are called to go. God's telling us, I have given you this beautiful gospel. I've given you this great news. Go out and share it. Don't hide it. Don't, don't stash it until I come back. Go out and share it. Show people the transforming power of God's love for them, the love that you have already experienced. Go out and share that with them and bring them back into the kingdom with you so we can celebrate that. We can celebrate another lost soul coming home because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about is bringing the lost the sick, the broken, the hurting, bringing them back to the one, the only one who can make them whole again, who can heal them, who can heal the hurt, who can heal the pain. So for some of us this morning, it's time to wake up. help you understand that that every time whenever whenever and, and my, my our students know this and i hope you guys understand this now is when i get up here most of the time i'm not going to bring a message that makes you feel good because when jesus taught jesus didn't make a lot of people feel good he taught the truth and it was hard and it was heavy But there's so much teaching nowadays, especially in the American church, that waters down the gospel. And that is all about making you feel good. So you feel good. So you stay there. So you listen to their teaching. And that's why we gotta be very, very careful as to what comes into our ears. Because the devil likes to use those things. A pastor preaching a, a, a false gospel. And so I... Obviously, uh, I made this promise and whatnot when I, I was hired, but every time I come up here, I'm going to preach you the word of God. I'm not going to preach you some, some watered down gospel. That's not what I'm going to do. And some of us, it's time to wake up because some of us have been in that mode. We just get up on a Sunday morning to come to church, to check it off the box. And we go to work and we try not to be seen. We try not to have a lot of conversations. We hide our faith, maybe because we're worried of what it's gonna th- people are gonna think about us because of it. You've been playing church for too long and it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up for what God has for you to experience, to step into the life that God really wants for you because he doesn't want a life of comfort. He doesn't want a life of ease. He doesn't want you to have a life that's free of pain because when you have a life that's free of pain, free of difficulty, free of all of that stuff, you're not going to rely on him because in that point you can rely on yourself because you can handle it. But But when God, when pain and sorrow and brokenness come into your life, we are forced to rely on God because we cannot handle it ourselves. question at the beginning, does the way you live your life make a difference? Does it make a difference to those around you? Do they notice something different about you when they interact with you, when they see you doing your job, or when they see you at the gym, when they see you at the store? Do they know something is different about you? And so I end with this question. Does the way you live your life point to to Christ, or does it just point back to you? Does the way you live your life point upwards to Christ, or does it simply point to you? Because life pointed at us is not how we're called to live. I mentioned before, we're called to live for God, for his kingdom, and for others. of your comfort zone, stepping outside of your box and maybe having a conversation about faith with someone that's not easy, that's difficult, that's uncomfortable. And you might be saying this morning, well, I don't want to live outside of my box. My box is comfortable. My box is safe. It's easy. Well, if you're saying that, then I encourage you to, to listen back to this message this week because you missed everything that God's trying to say living your life inside of the box of your comfortability is the worst place for you to live because there's no growth growth doesn't happen in the comfortable growth doesn't happen in the safety growth happens when you're forced to rely on God when you're forced to step out of your box when you're forced to do something that naturally you may not do but God's like that's okay step out I'm here with you let's do this together never going to grow in your comfort zone and you're never going to get to celebrate with the master in heaven if you stash away what he's given you he's given you a story he's given you a beautiful look at the gospel he's telling you you found this now go share it with the people who haven't That's what our lives should look like every single day. God, who can I touch today? Who, where can I make a difference? In whose life this morning can I make a difference? And it doesn't have to be always extravagant. It can be sending someone a simple text saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying about you. I heard you're going through this. I'm praying we're here for you. Those text messages can do an awful lot more than you ever think they can. Because what you don't know is that person In that moment, you sent that text, was thinking, I've got no one. No one cares about me. No one knows what I'm going through. No one knows the pain I hold. And they get that text and they're like, oh my gosh, somebody cares. Somebody showed them the compassion that Jesus shows every single one of us. So, growth happens when you step outside your comfort zone, rely on God, and watch Him move in ways. And so as we close this morning, I'm gonna do something a little bit different and it might be a little uncomfortable for you this morning. But what did we just talk about? Growth doesn't come in the comfortable. God doesn't call us to live our lives of comfort. And so what I wanna do this morning is if you wanna take up, if you're saying, Pastor Tyler, I'm done living like that i'm done living a life of comfortability i'm done striving for a a life of ease you're saying i want to live the life that god has for me i want to be able to reach out and expand god's kingdom then what i want you to do is i'm going to count down from three when i hit one i want you to stand this morning again you're standing for others to see so it might be uncomfortable you might feel uncomfortable but that's the first baby step Get outside your box. Declare that I am going to live my life for God, for his kingdom, and for others, not for myself. I want to leave my mark. So if you want to take up the challenge, the commission, if you will, of the great commission, I count of you to stand and declare that with your actions saying, God, I want to live to occupy the spaces in my life. I want to occupy the spaces in my life for your kingdom. Three, two, one. All of you want to take that, please stand. All of you who want to say, God, I want to step out in boldness this morning. I want to step out. I want to do something that I'm not comfortable with. God, I want to make a difference. I want to leave my mark. Because we are called to occupy until he comes. We are called to occupy the spaces that God has given us in our lives. What does it look like? sharing the gospel showing someone the love of Jesus it can be as little as sharing as shooting them a text buying them a little gift or it can even be sharing the gospel with someone and maybe some of you right now some of you are feeling that in your hearts there's somebody that's put on your heart that that God wants you to touch that God wants you to share the gospel with that's your challenge this week to occupy God's kingdom and show that person the love that God has shown you already. As we pray to close this morning, can we lift our hands and surrender? Father God, We thank you that you love us. We thank you for for giving us this life, God. And I pray that as we leave this place this morning, God, that we do not live a life solely focused on ourselves and our comfortability, but we focus and live our lives for you, for the kingdom, to expand your kingdom. So, God, that when we, when our lives on earth are finished, God, that we get to bring people with us to heaven. The heaven is populated and filled because of the people in this room, God. That's our prayer today. The heaven will be populated with the people that Sioux City First came into contact with. So God, give us the boldness to do so. Give us the confidence to go out and love those who are in our spaces. Help us to live out the Great Commission and help us to live out our theme of occupying until you come. Lord God, we thank you for for who you are, for everything you've given us, Lord, that you're there with us every step of the way. Lord, I pray that you're with each and every one of us as we begin to embark on this journey of living. Christ word living God word lives living a life that points to you God not pointing back to us Lord Jesus we love you and God we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for us and we thank you that we're able to gather here together this morning Lord and help us this week to go out and to be the church that you have called us to be, that the church is not just meeting on Sunday mornings. The church is not just the building, but the church is the people inside of the building, the people who you have inhabited. So let us go and expand the kingdom of God this week as the church. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for everything you've given us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. we thank you guys for coming this morning if you're not a part of our wednesday night ministries we encourage you to do so we have adults we have youth and we have kids so go this week occupy the kingdom of god and expand it thank you